0: The ego is our sense of self, we experience it as a collection of self referential thoughts and images entangled with our physical body, all of which create the appearance of a person that's behind the eyes, looking out on the world and experiencing it. It has certain delusions it it uses to perpetuate itself. And we'll be looking at those today. Welcome to the Grey Updraft, you're here with Ross. I make weekly videos with tools for self-transformation, so do subscribe for the latest. Some of the videos I've been doing recently have been a bit theoretical, although practical as well, but more focused on theory. Today, I'm going to go deep into the inner workings of your sense of self, and we're going to be talking about the ego. So we better first define what I mean by the ego in this context, because quite a loaded term and people have negative associations with it. This video might f- fuel those negative associations. Um, but what I want to do is I just want to point out the the traps and the, the delusions involved. I just define the ego as being your sense of identity, your sense of being a certain person. And um, James Fowler called this the centralized self in that in our first person experience, we have the room around us, we have sights, sounds, smells, other people, uh, plants, etc. And it appears that we are in the middle of all this. That's the center centralized self. And that can help you get a sense of what I mean by the ego. And it's just this sense that I am me. I am a certain person. For me it's I am Ross, you know, the 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 feeling that I am Ross. I am this person. And it's important to realize that we, we actually need the ego. And I'm going to say that before I talk about all these delusions, because it's important to realize that we do need the ego. It's not just a case of throwing away the ego. It's more a case of transcending it and seeing its, its limitations and how it, how it traps you and how you are not really the ego. In our developmental journey as human beings, a huge part of our journey is building up an ego and actually developing this centralized sense of self. When we are babies, we have no sense of self. We have no sense of being a certain person and really that's a really important development, so I'm not just throwing it out, but also, yeah, there are very important delusions and traps involved and it, the ego fools us. We're going to get into some big picture insights at the end, but now I'm going to get into very specific traps and these, uh, this video could last two hours long, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save other delusions for another day. And I'm just going to cover four main ones. A key feature that I want you to remember as I'm talking about these delusions is that the ego is an illusion looking to perpetuate itself. It's not an, an illusion in the sense that the images and thoughts and feelings that we have associated with, associated with our ego aren't real. Those are definitely real. But the actual, these are all trying to point to something that is essentially not real. It's almost like an optical illusion. We're going to talk about that later as we go on. Let's get into delusion number four then. Delusion number four is that you are going to be somebody. This is quint quintessential delusion of the ego. Life for many people is, is a never ending struggle to be someone and I think even the most conscious, awake people are still struggling with this to, to some degree. It's just sort of part of the human condition, it seems. We want to be somebody. We want to be remembered. We want to be recognised by other people. We want to be special in some way. We want to be outstanding above other people. This could, be, this could look like wanting to be the strong guy, the rich woman, the, the powerful guy, the conscious girl, the person who's going to, to save the world. The, the benevolent vegan. So even though the, the ones I started with are were quite obviously ego driven in the sense of egotism and selfishness, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be more, oh, I, I'm I'm so conscious and I'm so aware because I'm vegan. and I'm so benevolent to animals and of yes, you are. But that can also just become another trap and it can get you stuck in your ego and in, in your sense of being a person. So it doesn't matter what the content of the character is. I'm not saying that there aren't levels of character. There, there definitely are. And we want to strive to the highest levels of those. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about our level of attachment to it. And the, the issue with the ego is the level of attachment. It's not really the content so much. Although that's certainly a factor. Our self sense, you've got to understand this in this when we're talking about this delusion is that our self sense. It lives on meaning and structure and purpose, and. It's always looking to, to do that, it's always looking for ways to perpetuate itself and a, a great way to perpetuate its own meaning and purpose is to believe it's better than other people and to provide mm. <laughs> good justifications for why that's the case, and yeah, even something like being a benevolent vegan, that is is a is a subtly powerful way of get, tricking yourself and being more attached to your ego. I notice this on social media where I've got to participate in this because it's sort of part of the image of social media. But <laughs> the image of social media is is to basically is to perpetuate this big delusion, this delusion number four that you're going to be somebody is. It's about looking sexier than other people, it's about looking like you're healthier, it's about looking like you're confident, it's about looking like you have money, for example, Uh, and often those things themselves are are a delusion, then you're actually, you're not, you're not those things, but you want to believe that you are, and uh, yeah, that could in and of itself be a delusion of the ego. So what do we do about this? I mean, we, we don't sit around and do nothing all day. So I'm not saying that we don't aspire to things and we don't, we don't try to do something meaningful in our lives. No, We're, life is here. You're probably going to be around for 70, 80, 90 years and uh, you may as well live it. But it's it's a matter of attachment. It's a matter of att- attachment to the ego. And yeah, this big delusion number four is that you're going to be someone is a huge attachment. You can live life on more conscious levels than others. So I'm not just equating, you know, the strong guy, the powerful guy to a conscious person. It's 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 not I'm not equating them, but yeah, I'm talking about level of attachment. I'm not talking about content. And really, you know, if you're stuck in a cycle of trying to be someone and this, it's like a never ending journey for you for decades. Yeah, you're likely to suffer even if you become that person, because at the at the root of it, the ego is an illusion looking to perpetuate itself and it's it can't ever bring like having a bolstered ego can never bring true fulfillment because you're you're still you're living from the ego. You're living out of an illusion. Essentially, you're identifying something with something that you are not. Great, let's look, have a look at delusion number three then. Delusion number three sort of goes hand in hand with the previous one. This is that you are going to have everlasting happiness. You're going to have everlasting happiness. Let's see, so part of the human condition is what we call the monkey mind. This is actually a huge mechanism of the ego, a way that it, it has us attach ourselves to it. We're basically constantly lost in thoughts and imaginations and memories. Often our imaginations center around a better tomorrow. And it it's never about appreciating what we have. It's, it's never saying, right, I've got enough now. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to live carefree in the present. And I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm not going to try to become someone uh, in the future, I'm, I'm happy with who I am. It doesn't do that. It, it's constantly in imagination mode, and it imagines a tomorrow, a better tomorrow, in which we we feel better, we're 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 happier, uh, because it's part of the mourning of the ego. It's part of the the suffering, is to imagine a greater state of happiness at some point, and this this could look like earning more money. It could look like expanding more as a person. It could be. It could look like finding the ideal person to, to spend your life with, and so on. It's always painted as a rosy future in which it's better than it is now. And all you have to do is look at your own life and look at your results and realize that while you know you can improve in your happiness, there's always some. There's always a sense of un- unfulfillment there. And that in fulfillment is this this delusion of that tomorrow will bring everlasting everlasting happiness. And that is an ego driven delusion. The ego is basically always trying to fill a black hole and it's really relevant. This this fact is relevant to all these delusions, but it's especially relevant to delusion number three because the yeah, as I said, the ego creates a sense of suffering inside us and the Since we're attached to that sense of self, we are always trying to fill that sense of unfulfillment with more things, even though we've been doing that for years and it's really not been working, we still keep doing it. And the reason it doesn't work is because the ego is untrue. It's not real. It's not an actual thing that exists. It's not a permanent thing that exists. It's really an optical illusion. And so it's always looking for distraction it's always looking for something else because it doesn't want to look at what it actually is which is it's not real really what what what's happening here is we create a mental maze for ourselves you know we we have this feeling of lack that's it comes from our pain it comes from our trauma perhaps it comes from our attachment to our ego and we create our life is like a maze a mental maze that we create we have to sort of solve the maze to find more happiness. Once we get to the end of the maze, we realize that it doesn't really work. So we get a promotion. It might give us a momentary boost. We might look at our bank account and see that there's 20% more, whatever, more money than there was <laughs> last month. But no long term fulfillment. We earn more money and it doesn't really help. We find the perfect other half to share our life with and it doesn't really help. I mean, it does and it doesn't. We move to a new place and nothing really changes. You know, We have this idea of our life is going to expand so much and we're going to change and we're going to explore new places. Once we actually do it, nothing really changes. We're still st- stuck with this sense of unfulfillment. Notice that the, the, the type of happiness I'm talking about here that is sort of ego driven, It's circumstantial happiness. Like we're we're setting contingencies on our joy. We're saying, "I'm going to be happy in the future once one, two, three, or A, B, C, or X, Y, Z are accomplished, and then I'm going to be happy." Notice it's always conditional. And actually, I've sort of been doing this subconsciously. I've been doing it, but now I'm recording this. I, I can realize that I'm doing it. Is that? I'm looking out for myself and others, putting a condition on happiness, putting a, con- a condition on feeling fulfilled. And this is so part of human language that it's like. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a swamp. It's, a, it's like a tsunami that we're trying to push our way through. And as I said, this doesn't mean that things can't improve for us and we we you know we want to give up our possessions and we want to isolate ourselves from the world no we can create more fulfilling lives but that fulfillment is always relative to our attachment to the ego and really the more attached we are to the ego the less happy we're going to be because it's 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 tyrannical Knowing about this this sneaky mechanism is actually a huge step towards lasting fulfillment and peace of mind. And if it wasn't that, I wouldn't be talking about it. So I'm really pointing this out to you to realize that because often you're you're so lost in this mechanism of constantly seeking for happiness in the future that you you don't sort of penetrate that 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 delusion and you don't see beyond it. And that's actually what keeps you stuck. So I'm pointing out so that we can all be aware of it and that we can actually start to contact fulfillment and peace of mind It doesn't depend on that. Great. Let's move on to delusion two. I love this one. <laughs> delusion two is that you need to get others to be like you. This is just a perfect ego delusion. Like it, it's, it's, it really shines a, a light on how the ego works. Have you ever noticed that everyone wants everyone else to be like them? Have you ever noticed that? It's quite funny I mean, who's right at the end of the day? if I, if you want if you want me to be like you and I want you to be like me, we're kind of at a stalemate and none of our none of our positions really make any sense because we're we're basically in disagreement. That's what's happening all the time. And I can see this in myself even when I'm walking down the street, I can see my mind going, oh, this person is this way and I don't like it and I want them to be that way. I don't even know the person. I've never seen them in my life. I don't know who they are. And it's always spinning judgment. It's always saying this person is this way and they need to improve in this, this and this way. And if you look at those, the, you know, the changes that you've proposed in your mind for that person, basically you're trying to get them to be like you. And yeah, notice that you're, the ego is constantly defining how others should be based on how it is, based on its own limited experience. And then it, it goes on what I'm going to call subtle crusades. It goes on subtle crusades to create, to sort of convert the whole world to the ego's religion, which is to be like it. You know, it's, it's all about the ego. It's all about me, the I, the sense of self, trying to indoctrinate other people, trying to convert other people to me, essentially, my religion of being me. And yeah, this is just, it's completely rampant. I'm not just talking about in yourself, but you'll notice it with friends and family. And the the example I gave was quite a subtle, in a way it was a subtle example. In a way it's really not, it's quite obvious, but it's a mental thing. And I hope and I... I'm seeing that I'm getting beyond preaching to people mentally, sorry, verbally and just basically giving them a sermon on on in my religion. But mentally it's going on. And actually, I noticed with with people that I know that perhaps don't know that this is that this mechanism is is happening It's so outright, And it's so sort of part of human functioning, human communication that We don't see the delusion involved. It's a delusion. We're basically trying to convert other people to how we see career, how we see politics, how we see diet, how we see health, how we see spirituality, how we see the meaning of life, how we see what life even is and what we're here to do. Watch out for yourself doing it to other people, but also watch it in other people doing it to you. And I actually run into this trap of the grey updraft a little bit because after I offer tools for self transformation and I'm really I'm subtly trying to in- influence you and I try to minimise that as much as I can. But for me, it's, I have to be careful because I do feel like this advice is, is genuinely useful, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, I've got to realise that my ego is is probably subtly trying to change people and while the advice might be great, I've realize that, that that desire to change people is it's a, it's an ego thing. It's not a it's not it's nothing wise or beautiful. Great. Let's get perhaps to the daddy of the lot. Although delusion number two was a daddy. Let's get to the daddy daddy. <laughs> delusion number one is that the ego is real. Yeah, don't, just watch this. Like we all assume that the ego is real. And we live as though it's real. All that—that's what human beings do. It's—it's it's part of human society. It's part of human history. It's part of how we work. It's—it's just—it's absolutely wired into human beings is to believe that this separate identity that we have is real. And again, it's useful. We actually need it so that we can function in the world and be adults and navigate the world. It's a we need to have a sense of self to, to locate, to give ourselves a point of reference. But at the end of the day, you are not the ego. You're not the ego. And once you do practices, and we're going to get on to practices and how we actually go beyond this in a minute, once you see that what is happening there, that the mechanisms of thought, emotion and body sensation are all working together to create this sense of identity and it's a habit, that you've fallen into for years now, perhaps decades, you realize that you experience the ego. You're not actually the ego. You're you're experiencing all these thoughts, emotions and whatever else. But it's not pointing to anything solid and permanent. And it's actually it's just your first person experience of it is like an optical illusion. You're seeing something isn't there. And that leads you to believe that it's actually permanent and it's a real thing that exists. This is a prison for us, and it's not, it doesn't, it's not real. We're gonna get on to big picture insights now, after looking at those four delusions. What are the big picture insights involved with the ego then? I'm gonna get sort of into solution territory now after laying out those four delusions, which are just a small sample. First big insight is that the more developed and conscious you are, the less these traps will affect you, or the less you will fall into these traps. Because you start to realise what's going on to you. You start to look at yourself, and you realise, wait, 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 I'm not, I'm, am I that person? Am I really that person who's looking back at me in the mirror? Am I that thing that's looking back at me in the mirror? And do I need to go enforcing this? thing on to other people <laughs> and you start to question that and you realize that actually it's all of that is it's the ego at work and it's part of its operation, as I said, to perpetuate itself. The second big insight, big picture insight is that the highest levels of human development in all its dimensions, there are many dimensions to human development, the highest levels of human development in all dimensions are transpersonal. This means that our identity actually expands beyond the mind and the body or our separate sense of self, the centralized self. And yeah, trust in that. Trust that as you grow and grow as a person, you'll actually ungrow as a person. It's like stepping out of a it's like a caterpillar becoming a, a butterfly. You grow so much that you basically end up destroying yourself and realizing that the whole mechanism was a it was necessary, but it was also sort of a <laughs> a trick, and you realize that you were never that bunch of sensations and emotions that you'd become habitually identified with. Big picture, big picture insight number three is that taking this vantage point on the ego helps us to rewire it. So, the witnessing mind is a good. Analogy here. The witnessing mind is basically the ability to see everything that's happening in your first personal awareness. So, your thoughts, your emotions, your body, sensations, the room around you, sounds, smells, etc. To see all that as like a screen. And you're actually sitting beyond that. Your identity is beyond that. It's not, you're not all of that. You're, you witness it all. And it's sort of all arising in front of you. As you speak, help seeing this helps us to rewire it and to see that it helps us just to see what's going on here. We're going to talk more about witnessing mind in a moment when we talk about meditation. Big picture insight number four is that once you take this witnessing vantage point on the ego, and once you can do it in a sort of reliable, consistent way. I talked about this in my top blocks to self-transformation video that the ego is like a block of marble, except it's non-physical. It's like a non-physical block of marble that we can sculpt. And I think that once we once we start to move into ego transcendence, we can actually start to really self-transform because we can we're no longer identified with all that we can actually take a much more objective view on that, take a much more objective view on this ego that we're identified with, that was playing a part in our non-self transformation. And we can actually start to really optimize it, to to make it something um, worthwhile, to make it something that does good in the world and doesn't damage other people, damage other egos, essentially. So, The ego is changeable and part of the big step towards doing that in my mind, and it's helped me a lot, is to actually create this witnessing consciousness. So let's look now at four long term strategies for going beyond the ego, for going beyond these delusions. One is like a a playful practice and it's it's sort of a thought experiment that isn't just mental, it's sort of like a, a life experiment that you enact it's basically to live as if you weren't you. And when I say live, I mean everything that you do on a daily basis is to do it as if you weren't you, as if you'd woken up in someone else's body. Imagine being another person, like imagine this this ego that you're experiencing isn't yours, it's someone else's and that you're like watching their crazy inner world from the inside. You're like a you're almost like a fly on the wall, except you're sort of a fully embodied fly on the wall, <laughs> seeing everything that's going on in the, for this ego. And you can do this is a 24 hour practice, potentially. And realize that this is actually your experience of life. What happens is, is that <laughs> this recognition that we are not the ego is, is inside us, it's, it's latent within us. What happens is, is that after so many years of running these mental patterns and these emotional patterns, we we just forget about this latent understanding we have. And we just we get lost in the character that we are always playing. We are always playing this character of being this ego, except we get lost in it. And we can get so lost in it that, that we try and become you know, a, a dictator or a, like a, a very famous political leader, because it, it perpetuates the ego, having that level of standing. So the practice, yes, yeah, is, it's a possible 24 hour practice, even while I'm, I'm speaking right now, I can do it. It's just to imagine that I am not who I always thought I was, and I am experiencing a new body, a new ego, essentially. And that helps you just helps you go beyond the ego because you're 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 basically you're chopping off and you're once you do that you can then look at it in a more objective way. Second one is to watch your mind like a hawk. And especially when you're around other people. Notice that these delusions that I've mentioned are are sort of interpersonal some of them. Like you're trying to like convince other people and you're trying to be better than other people. Watch your mind like a hawk. Watch what's going on there. And you'll see that there's always comparison. The ego is comparing, 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 judging, making comments, monologues, whatever. It's it's just constantly doing this all the time. You've got to become a hawk to your mind to see this mechanism. And that will help you free yourself from the ego over time, slowly but surely. Third one is spiritual practice. So this could be meditation, yoga, contemplation, work. Prayer, whatever. As long as it's powerful spiritual practice, it's not about just relaxation or well-being. It's actually about destroying the the idea that you are this this thing that's created by the thoughts and emotions that you experience. And that really is what spirituality is about. It's about self-transcendence and seeing the, the irreality of this ego that we have. And the final one is a bit of a favorite of mine, because I've got a lot of articles and ebooks and courses talking about the stages of human development. It's to actually grow through the stages of human development. And it's not so easy to give advice on growing through the stages of human development, but this one is like a trust, a trust that the human path if we keep walking, it is actually towards self-transcendence, as I mentioned. And it's just up to us to keep growing through these stages in order to eventually reach it and to see the, yeah, the reality of what I've been talking about here. Great. So those are the four delusions and I've given you some big picture insights, as well as four long term strategies to to go along with it. If you're new here, come and say hello in the comment section. I'd love to interact with you. Let me know which of these ego delusions you struggle with the most and which solution you're going to implement or which solutions you are implementing and how they've helped you to see beyond these delusions. Also, make sure to subscribe for the, to stay up to date with the latest content. And I really encourage you to stick around uh, with me for more topics like this, because this this is like the beginning of the exploration of the ego and how it works. And Everything that I talk about, in a way you can bring it into an understanding of how the ego works. So stick around, we have we've barely begun here. Thanks and take care.